the distance was too great to note details. He felt certain they were Indians. For one thing, there were no pack horses, which whites invariably had. For another, the riders were strung out in single file, a customary practice of war parties, whether mounted or afoot. And finally, sunlight glinted off what could be the tips of several lances. Nate stayed right where he was to avoid being detected. The trapping had gone so well he hated to risk spoiling it by tangling with hostiles. He thought of his four friends, free trappers like himself who had entered the region with him and then scattered to various points to lay their trap lines, and he hoped none of them had encountered the band. It took five minutes for the Indians to cross the mountain slope and disappear into fir trees. Nate waited another five before jabbing his heels into the stallion's flanks and moving down the valley. Warm sunshine on his bearded face and the cries of sparrows, jays, and ravens served to relax him and reassure him that the danger had passed. During the eventful years Nate had spent in the wilderness, he had learned to read nature as some men read books. When the wildlife fell silent, he knew to expect trouble. When the animals frolicked and chattered, all was well. The habits of the birds and beasts, the moods of the fickle weather, and the rhythms of the wild in general were as familiar to him as his own countenance in a mirror. Often Nate's knowledge had meant the difference between life and death. The Rockies were no place for the squeamish, the weak, or the ignorant. Those who didn't learn fast paid for their laziness with their lives. Of the hundreds of hopeful greenhorns who entered the mountains each year, the majority never got to return to the States. Not that Nate ever would anyway. He had grown to love the untamed frontier, to revel in a life of freedom unmatched by anything back East. Here he could do as he saw fit, accountable to no one but himself. There was no boss standing over his shoulder telling him how to go about his work. There were no deceitful politicians trying to rule his life with their petty laws and rules. He was truly as free as the eagle, ruled by nothing but his heart's desire. Could any man ask for more? Nate shook his head and grinned. He was becoming too wrapped up in his own musings for his own good, staying alert was the key to staying alive. So he kept his eyes on those fir trees on the mountain until he reached a point abreast of a gap in the hills to his left. Toward this he made his way, knowing that in the next valley over he would find one of his four friends. The blazing morning sun climbed to the midday position, and still Nate forged on. Weeks had elapsed since last he had talked to another human being, and he was eager for company again. Loneliness was a part of a trapper's life, a part he had become accustomed to, but unlike some trappers who preferred to be alone the whole year through, Nate couldn't wait for companionship when the trapping season was over. A red hawk soaring high on uplifting currents caught Nate's attention. He watched it glide over the hills and spotted a magnificent black-tailed buck in a clearing on one of them. Had the range been shorter, he would have been tempted to drop the deer. Nate's nostrils tingled to the rich, dank scent of bare earth as he entered the gap. 
Here little sunlight penetrated. He saw many tracks of elk, bear, and deer, but only four sets of horse prints, and they were so old they were barely visible. He knew who had made them, and he grinned in anticipation. The next valley was narrower, but contained more vegetation. At a ribbon of stream, dotted with large beaver ponds, Nate turned to the left to follow the waterway to his friend's camp. He covered two miles, then caught the faint, acrid scent of smoke. A little further on, he saw a clearing ahead, and to one side, under the spreading branches of a towering tree, a small fire crackled. Four horses were tethered nearby, but there was no sign of their owner. Halting, Nate cupped a hand to his mouth and hailed the camp, a practice that prevented those with itchy trigger fingers from making a fatal mistake.